Help Me Be Me is self-help for people who hate self-help, hosted by me, Sarah May. What I talk about on my show is my personal opinion, and it's not a substitute for professional help. I'm not a licensed therapist, and this is based on my personal opinion. So take what helps and leave the rest. If you're really suffering, call 911 or your local emergency services. Thanks. Hi friends, it's Sarah May, and this is an episode I'm recording for one person in particular, um, but I think it will apply to a lot of people. It's for those of you who are in the throes of obsession with an addict or you're, quote, high on your codependency. So maybe that means you're in love with someone who started using again, or you discovered that they actually have an addiction and they've had it the whole time you didn't know, or maybe you knew they had an addiction problem, but now you found yourself kind of like stuck in it and, and tracking them and scrutinizing whether or not they're high. And then it makes you just feel crazy. So you get that feeling of like having lost yourself and that could be drugs, it could be alcohol, maybe it's even sex or something else. And either way, they have continued to use despite you telling them that you want them to stop. So if you are in the midst of a relationship that has suddenly turned crazy because of this addiction, it can make you feel insane and sick and like you, you have no power. So this is an episode to listen to if you are in that moment when that is occurring, especially if you need to just get grounded again to get to the place where you know what to do. So one major caveat, this is for you if you have an adult in your life who is using. It's not if you are a parent with a child who is using because things get a little more complicated when you have a child because you are responsible for caring for them and they are not adults yet capable of caring for themselves. So I would not give you the same advice. And for that one listener that this is for, I know that it is hard when you are in an area where there's no good access to 12-step meetings, or if you don't have any friends that have resources themselves, like meaning emotional, mental resources, like if you don't have family, or if you don't have a resource like a access to good therapy um, with a person that's got experience in addiction, or if there are no meetings like COSA or Al-Anon or SLA, then this is an episode for you. Because I... I remember being in that place and being in an area where I was like, I tried and tried and tried to find any resources. And I was like, well, what the fuck do I do now? I don't know who to ask. So if that sounds like you, I would first say, please check out one of our affiliates on the show. But it's, I think it's great for a resource, like especially right now, betterhelp.com slash help me be me because it is online access to therapists. And I know there are lots of them. So I would say you really need help to move through this time. I would check it out, at least try it. Um, and for whoever is listening to this, this is structured a little bit differently because I'm kind of making them like marching orders and marching orders are what I give to people when we are working together one-on-one. So it's, it's not as much of the, the what, why, and how. 
So here we go. You are here. You are high on the drug that is your relationship. And in order to help yourself, you need to, quote, get sober from this drug because it is making you spin and obsess and lose grounding and you likely feel like you lost yourself, like you have no power. And that is because you are fixated on the other person and what they do. And this is where you lost your power because when you are basing your behavior on the behavior of another person, you will never have autonomy because what they do decides what you do. So in order to regain your power, you must remove your focus on this other person's actions and choose your own, even though that feels like you will let everything fall apart. Or if, if you don't have all that information about what they're doing, that you're going to miss, you know, some important action you need to take. But right now you are in a loop and this loop will make you feel groundless and dizzy and you won't know what to do from here. You are triggered from this place. So in order to regain a sense of order and control in your life, you need to step out of the loop. So first things first, remove yourself from the loop. And by that, I mean, you need to get resourced. You need to get tethered to the ground. And that is your step one. So you can think about this type of relationship as like you're in the middle of a tornado. You're in the eye of this whirlwind of chaos. And the first thing you need to do is bound yourself to something solid, like get, get close to the ground. So that's your step one, whatever it is, you're going to find a resource. And if you're going to look into whether or not there are meetings in your area, do that. If you're going to get a therapist, awesome. Do both of those things. Maybe you're looking up better help, which is great. Whatever. If you've already done all of this stuff, and it, it, you have not been able to come up with a resource, then I would say you're going to buy a book. Um, I'm going to put a couple of links to books in the show notes of this episode. There, I would say the two books I, re- I would rely on the most. If you have, if you're, you know, not able to read the book, I have is like one of those things you just flip to a page and you read a page out of it. The other thing I have, I'm going to link to, is an audio version of a book that I would say is comparable to a meeting because it's written by somebody who has experience in this area. So whatever you're going to do, you're going to be taking some sane pills. This is a first. Fall is finally here, so it's a great time to get started on a new home decor project, practice self-care through crafting, or prepare DIY gifts for the holidays. Discover your inner maker and boost your creative confidence with Maker Crate. With a Maker Crate subscription from KiwiCo, you'll get new art and design projects each month, along with high quality tools and materials conveniently delivered to your door. Maker Crate is perfect for first time crafters or experienced makers. You'll enjoy experimenting with new techniques, drawing inspiration from real designs, and taking pride in a finished product that's both fun and functional. I recently got the apron design maker crate, which is basically how you embroider really cool and intricate and perfect looking designs onto an apron. It's a skill that I can take into future projects. Each crate opens the door for makers to continue creating all by themselves long after they've completed the projects in each crate. Plus they'll get a look at the real world applications and the history behind each art form or design technique. Turn artistic visions into reality with Maker Crate from KiwiCo. 
get 50% off your first month plus free shipping with code HELPMEBEME at KiwiCo.com. That's 50% off your first month at KIWICO.com, promo code HELPMEBEME. You likely fell in love with a version of this person that you believe they can be. And that that's a beautiful belief, but it doesn't mean it's true. I know that it makes it very difficult because you really want that person to come back and you're waiting for that person to come back and they've promised to bring that person back. But right now, we need to accept reality and know that you're not abandoning this person by accepting that reality. You're not abandoning the relationship. You're not throwing things in the trash by accepting the reality that that person is not true. Right now, this is who they are. This is all of them. You've seen the other half of who they are. And if you do have a shot with this person, it's only you're only going to get there through reality, through accepting reality. And the goal is to get back to reality, accept all of it, and for you to be grounded in that reality and not in the sickness, not in the obsessiveness. Because when you're grounded and when you're, quote, sober from the relationship, you personally, and by that I mean sober from the effects that that, that this type of relationship has on your brain and your body. Because we get wrapped into, we get sucked into this loop, the narrative of like, you know, tracking and trying to read what they're going to do and then snooping about what they've done and where they're going to be and like trying to see if they're on the thing now. Like this is, that's your drug. That state is your drug. So we need to step out of that loop and stay grounded in ourselves and and what we can do for us. And this is where we have power. This is where we have clarity. And when we're in that state of understanding what we have control over, and we're innately in touch with that sense, then and only then do we know exactly what we need to do. You can change everything in your life by changing yourself. So that is the goal, is coming back into your own body, stepping out of the loop. Here's what I can tell you based on where you are right now. If you're in the throes of this loop, nothing will make sense from this point. All the help you need all the, uh, um, I know exactly what I need to do next. All the self-care steps open up to you, are revealed to you when you, quote, get sober from the obsessing with the addict in your life. So in order to help your relationship and yourself and whoever else loves you, you need to step back and unplug. Get out of the drug's effects. Unplug from your drug's effects. From there, you will see reality, including what is and what is not in your control. So for you, the name of the game is really getting resourced and getting grounded. So if you start to get obsessed, the first thing you need to to do is input something into you that orients you to the process that is happening in your body. So what I mean by that, you find that resource, whatever it is, one resource that explains the, just the truth of reality, something that's informative, educational, um, that gives you a lesson from a perspective that is someone that has been through something similar. And you're also going to have to practice unplugging 
from the process of obsession. You're going to have to process, you're going to practice stepping back. As soon as you start to go into that loop, that habit, you got to step back because that is, I'm going to call it the house of crazy. You know, that's where we lose our footing. And what tends to happen is we start getting, you know, become the police officer. We're checking, are they high? Are they lying? What were they doing in their spare time? So you might find that you are doing things that feel humiliating and like you're ashamed of them. You know, you might find yourself snooping in their emails or in their browser history or in their pockets. You're trying to open their phone. You're listening intently to the nuances in their voice. You're trying to smell their breath, all the tiny cues, whatever they are. And then they set you off and suddenly remove your feet from the earth. And that becomes the defining factor behind your happiness. Or if you're okay, or if the world's okay, or if life is okay, you might find you're a mess over what they are doing or what they are feeling or thinking or what they're not thinking or what they said and then they did or et cetera. So, so your whole life is being unfooted by their actions. So what, whether or not, you know, you are, you're, you may be gathering necessary data in your life to know in truth what is happening. So if, if this is the first time you've discovered this, totally makes sense that you would be check, checking all of those things or tracking all of those things. But if this is now something that is a habit that you're well aware of and that this is just a pattern set up by this person, know that this habit you have now of checking and obsessing is your drug and the goal is to get you sober from it because it will keep you trapped in that same loop of behavior with them. You know, I would call, I would liken it to kind of like a game of organizing shiny objects. Like I refer to things as like we're on meth and like we're, you know, like checking for shiny things in the trash. Like that's the kind of thing that this, that's your version of that because, and I relate to to things like that because it's like the most accurate metaphor I can think of. Because when we get involved in the habits of the addict, we are thinking we're controlling things or predicting things or preventing things from happening. Um, But when in reality, we're just organizing shiny objects, it's useless and insane. So just, I want you to picture when you're doing that type of stuff, think of that energy of like, oh, I'm kind of being a little manic right now. Like that's how it is. It's like the checking and that stuff. It puts you in like kind of a, a little bit of, of an obsessive state and that's when you're starting to detach from reality. So, and all of that is on their terms, not yours, you know? So you need to get back on your terms. Your goal is to come back into your own power and the logic of reality because you cannot control this person. And when you obsess over things, like you're, some part of you is thinking you can control them. And you're also stepping into their logic, their world, their lies. Another way to describe it is, You cannot listen to the voice of a demon. And if that sounds too like religious for you, let's say monster or virus, you know, you know, those nature documentaries where they're like, they have those ants that are driven blindly, like by a parasite and they kind of march up and become like, uh, vessels to spew more of this parasite. That's kind of what this thing is. Like they are being driven by a thing this, that has one goal, which is to use more of it. Use and use and use and use and use. And also to sustain the situation where more using is possible. So for whatever that's worth, that's, you know, if you can possibly create 
uh, an awareness of like this helmet on their head of the drug that's like driving them. I have very visceral memories of being a drug addict and not caring about anything except doing more drugs or being able to get out of the situation with the most freedom possible to do more drugs in the future. So in other words, it's not like rationalizing with a regular person. So stop rationalizing that this person has, you know, said this or that, because you can only base your decisions and your thinking on the objective information in front of you. And that is the only truth that exists, period. The objective actions that have been demonstrated to your eyeballs. So with that, here are a couple of, I would call them grounding points to remember. As with all times in life, you want to respond and not react. So I will ask you today, are you responding from a level of self-containment? Like, have you chosen your position? Have you chosen the things you've done? Or is it being provoked out of you? So if it's being provoked, then just accept you are in, you're coming from that fear. You're coming from the reactive state of powerlessness. And in that situation, you need to just take pause. You need to take time to come back into you, to let go and just breathe. You know, remember Michael, if I'm in the reactive state, I have to come back into a healthy state of mind and come in. Come, my first focus needs to be, how can I help myself? First things first, how can I help myself? What's, what's one thing I can do in service of feeling um, sane and calm and resourced? It can be that simple. Like, what am I, what, what can I, what's one thing I can do to help myself? Maybe that's as simple as like taking a walk and like doing deep breathing and closing your eyes and meditating for a little while, just like calming your body down. Because when we can get centered and objective, like and not be emotionally reactive and underfoot, this is when we can we gain access to other possibilities, to other possible outcomes. This is when we personally become the most wise. So that's always the goal is to come back to our access to our own wisdom. And know that no matter what's happening in your relationship, no matter what this person's saying to you, you are allowed to feel the way you feel. So do not feel bad about your thoughts, your feelings, and don't talk yourself out of it. Don't talk yourself out of whatever hurt, whatever disappointment, whatever it is. We, I think we do a lot of talking ourselves out of things or, or forcing ourselves to agree with others when our feelings are inconvenient or when we feel like that we have no other options. So if you are in a situation where you're trying to tell yourself like, well, how do I, how do I be okay with this? How do I trust them? How do I force myself to trust them? How do I make this okay? How do I make whatever situation work? If you find yourself saying those things, I just want you to know it's not on you to make magic. It's not on you to fix things that are broken. It's on you to recognize your own feelings of discomfort, of not okayness, of I, this doesn't sit right with me. If that's the truth, 
then you, I would invite you to respect that and sit with that and just honor that because there are other people in your exact shoes that feel exactly the same way that you do and have come before you and walked this path. Also, you can hear the dishwasher because I'm doing dishes right now because the kids went down, which is why I'm recording. So apologies if that's super distracting. <laughs> we got to make life work, you know? That's, that's one of those things. We just got to do what we got to do in order to make time to do things that are important to us. Anyway, back to what we were just talking about. Yes. So other wisdom to pass along to you. If you are tempted to interfere with something that is not your business, first things first, return to a thought of how you can best care for yourself and your own spiritual autonomy. Like if you start to do that thing where you're like, I want to look in the phone or I need to know if they're using again or whatever it is, like come return that back. Like you just, you got a little tether ball string that comes back around and hits you in the head. It's on you. How can you best take care of you and your own business? How can I help myself right now? How can I unplug from this drug? If you find yourself overcome with desperation and doom over whatever that thing is that's not your business, first step is surrender, meaning accept the discomfort, just welcome that thing, like that's pain that's in your body and we can sit with it. We can tolerate it because it's true. It's just true. It, this thing is devastating and that's something that's happening. It doesn't mean all of our life will be devastating. It doesn't mean everything in our life has gone to shit, but this thing is happening in your life right now and we can move through it. We can accept this discomfort of like, this really fucking hurts. This is really painful. We can practice tolerating it. We can move through it. We can cry. We can call a friend. And then we can practice diligent self-care. And after we can move through, after we sit with this discomfort for a little while, what I would invite you to do, I know if this for some people is a trigger, I would invite you to pray for a solution. Or if that's too weird of a word for you, you can just say like, I welcome help or I'm open to receiving help, or just like say it to nothingness. Just say like, please send me help. Please send, send me an answer. Something like that. Because this is when we're, when we have that process of acceptance and letting go of what the solution is, and we just simply just ask for help, often help shows up, you know? So maybe you want to ask a friend that too, or somebody in your life who has gone through something similar. And I, I was toying with the idea of putting a why into this episode. I mean, you probably know somewhat what the why is, but I'm guessing that you end up in relationships like this often, or you have unconsciously chosen other relationships that are similar. I mean, that tends to be something that we do. We, and we, if we are caregivers, we, are attracted to others who want care. So it's a lot of it has to do with kind of a similar scar during our upbringing. We have the inverse of their scar. So there is a strong likelihood uh, that they have a personality type that is similar in tendencies to a caregiver when you're growing up, something like that. Or it's also tied to 
uh, low self-worth because a lot of the time when we are shorthanded or not, we don't have standards that prevent us from ending up in relationships like this. It's unconsciously a feeling that we are not good enough to ask for somebody who is, who has their shit going on and who doesn't have issues. So I'm not saying this is all everybody who ends up relationships like this. Absolutely not. I'm just saying like that might be something that's contributing to how you ended up in a partnership like this. With that, I'm going to go through some tools of all kinds that should help you if you are in this painful situation. Okay, let's talk about periods for a second. When it comes to being on your period, for me, the best case scenario is really making sure I'm maintaining my wardrobe, meaning making sure there are no leaks and also feeling like myself. So if you want a period product that looks out for your body, your lifestyle, and the planet, you got to try Flex. Flex is innovating period care with products that are body safe, made for comfort, and made to keep you moving. There's the Flex Disc, which is a one-time use menstrual disc that fits perfectly inside your body. One Flex Disc can be worn for up to 12 hours and holds as much as three super tampons. It's not a cup and better than a tampon, it's unlike any other period product you've ever seen before. Plus, you can wear it mess-free during sex. Your white sheets will thank you. And if you want to go zero waste and have the planet love you even more, pick up the Flex Cup, a reusable menstrual cup that Cosmo rated number one. The patented pull tab makes Flex the only cup on the market that removes like a tampon. It's so easy, you already know how to use it. It's disability friendly and it's made with beginners in mind. It's velvety soft, completely body safe, and lasts for years. So say goodbye to cramps, put sex back on the table, and lend Mother Nature a hand. Go to flexfits.com slash helpmebeme and use code helpmebeme for 20% off Flex Disc Starter Kits or 10% off your first Flex Cup plus free U.S. shipping. That's code helpmebeme at flex, F-L-E-X, fits.com slash help me be me. With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouthwatering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Fall is busy, but HelloFresh recipes save time you'd otherwise spend meal planning, shopping, and chopping so you can get back to what matters. HelloFresh's family-friendly menu is a big win for back-to-school season with easy, delicious recipes for drama-free dinners. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, from vegetarian meals and calorie-smart choices to extra-special gourmet options. There's something for everyone to enjoy, with recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. I made the spicy mango chicken last night for dinner and it was fabulous. It had coconut milk, there was kale. I mean, it was a bunch of ingredients that I would aspire to purchase on my own, but when I don't have it served up to me in this very orderly fashion, I find it overwhelming and daunting, but 
In this scenario, I prepared it flawlessly. So go to HelloFresh.com slash HelpMeBeMe and use code HelpMeBeMe14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash HelpMeBeMe and use code HelpMeBeMe14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. I recently got the Sarah Flint Perfect Pump 85 in navy, and they're suede, and they are so comfortable. I mean, they are literally like padded on the inside, like I could jog in them. And maybe it's because these shoes are designed by a woman and actually made for women to walk in. But it should not have taken this long for someone to realize a pair of designer shoes that are going to last for years should actually be comfortable enough to wear. I gotta admit, when I read the uh, website copy, I was like, yeah, they're probably not that comfy, though. But they have arch support, people. Arch support in a heel. That's why I'm obsessed with Sarah Flint shoes. Sarah Flint is a woman designing shoes for women, which is why her timeless footwear offers style without sacrifice. You get looks, quality, and, this is key, comfort. Unlike other brands, when Sarah Flint says, made in Italy, they mean just that. Every part of their shoes is 100% handcrafted in Italy by skilled artisans at family-owned factories that have been around for generations. That means not only a slow and careful production process, but also a more sustainable one. It's no wonder celebs like Lady Gaga, Serena Williams, Carly Kloss have all been stepping out in Sarah Flint shoes. Step into quality, design, and comfort in a pair of Sarah Flint shoes. As a special welcome offer for Help Me Be Me listeners, you'll get $50 off your first Sarah Flint purchase when you go to sarahflint.com slash helpmebeme. That's sarahflint.com slash helpmebeme for $50 off. One more time, sarahflint.com slash helpmebeme. Okay, the first tool is a... I'm going to call it like a, um, a filter to plug into your brain to just hold on to the drug lies. Do not engage with the logic of a drug. So this is just to help you remember, or the devil lies, the devil, if that's too biblical, like just remember when you are talking to this person and they are actively using whatever the thing is they're using, it is not the thinking of a normal person. It is the thinking of a drug piloting that person's body. So it's like the helmet. They've got a helmet on their head or the ant that's driven by seeds up a tree, whatever it is. Um, the, The drug's mission is to do more drugs and enable the freedom of obtaining means of future drug use, including maintaining a safe and comfortable living situation that allows them to continue to have all the things they want. And it doesn't mean that they don't love and care about you. It just means that the drug will come first and will continue to come first until the person is in control or managing their drug and managing their symptoms. So I would ask you to ask yourself, is the person in the driver's seat or is the drug in the driver's seat of their life? And when you're engaging with a person who's on drugs, you're it's like almost like you know, arguing with a toddler in some ways. It's like, <laughs> there's not, <laughs> there's not a real, I mean, you, you might have a lot of real emotions, but the logic is going to be, you're going to get lost in what, what they're saying. 
All right, the next tool. This is a uh, journaling tool. So I invite you to grab a journal because I have some prompts for you in particular. I want to ask you, what are the scripts you have around this loss or this perceived loss? We all tend to have really powerful emotional triggers around loss and abandonment and specifically the loss of the relationship that prevent us from being able to act on our wisest thinking. So all of those things will flood our bodies and make us feel like, I can't, I can't. And although a lot of these are real feelings of fear and devastation, they are painful and real, yes. But in addition to that, a lot of the time we will have kind of additional like pulleys that are old emotional wounds overlaying the situation. And those are the ones that feel impossible. They feel so out of scale. They feel desperate and irrational. And they that's because they're usually the emotions of a traumatized self or a younger self or a powerless self. And, or it's, you know, a self who witnessed something that was much more dire and severe from, uh, you know, the behavior of a parent or a caregiver. So I just wanted you to take a moment and reflect on this in your journal and ask yourself, like, what your personal fear scripts are. Are they, you know, what are the things that come out of your mouth when you talk, when you talk about like losing this relationship or the fear around losing this relationship? You know, you might say stuff like, I can never give up. I never want to give up. Or I want to give them real love. Or I want to never stop loving this person just because blah, blah, blah. And, or, you know, do you have stuff around not loving someone enough? Because those could be feelings you have about yourself and your own feelings of fear of abandonment, you know, maybe not, but I just want you to, I want to invite you to write them down, whatever they are, these scripts, and then just jot them down and separate from them for a while and then come back to them when you are in a totally neutral, safe mood. So after the fact, I first, let me give you the prompt and then I'll I'll do the after the fact part. All right, here are the prompts. Are these, what are your personal fear scripts? What are the things that come out of your mouth when you think about losing this relationship? What are the fears you have around hurting this other person? And now these are the prompts for when you return to this, let's say like a couple of days later, maybe the next day, I want you to ask yourself, who's words are these? What tone of voice are they in? What age do they feel like emotionally? Are these tied to a past event, perhaps? Are these related to someone else in my life? Are these related to a script that I have about my own personal identity? Are these speaking to a past loss? Are these the words of a parent? And I would write any and all words or thoughts or reactions down that have the slightest bit of resonance of like, maybe this maybe could be true. Okay. That's the next tool. Okay. The next tool, it's a ritual. 
Um, I know it's painful to do this and this, you might get some resistance to doing this, but I want you to, in your journal also, basically write in just stream of consciousness who this person is in, in all of them and really write down, mourn who you thought they were. So I would say write one page of who you thought they were and write one page of who they are in their entirety. And this is the goal of this is really just really embracing reality and seeing it and digesting it and knowing it. Because once we are in reality, we can act from a place of the best knowledge. That is how we move to the right place for all people in the relationship. But this is really just about like writing it all down and kind of crying it out and just being like, yes, this is true. And I am choosing to accept it. Okay, the next tool, sick, take sane pills. So I want you to imagine I'm handing you a little bottle of sane pills and whatever it is, whenever you're getting into that place of, oh my God, I'm going to fucking lose it if I find out they're doing blank again, or I, oh my God, I just looked at this bottle and now the it's lower, whatever it is, like in that moment, you have to plug in some positive insights and take a sane pill. Like what is the input you're going to give to your body that helps you feel more grounded, separate, focused on you? Um, So the moment you start to feel that sick feeling of like, I'm obsessing, I'm tracking, or I'm devastated at what this person is doing, that's the signal you're starting to get lost and your footing is slipping. So come back into your body, your life, what you need to do to take care of yourself. So take that sane pill plug in some grounding resources. For me, I immediately pull out my book, that Courage to Change book. I'm putting a link in the show notes. I fucking love that book. But I also double down on self-care, like any kind of self-care, just anything to get me in tune with my body and focused on my own body. And if you can, and you have it in your area, great sane pill is to go to a meeting. Go to any Al-Anon meeting, any kind of, really any codependency related meeting. Um, or you can call a neutral, helpful friend in your life. The goal is just to not talk about the partner. It's come back into you on you. What do you need to do that just stay in my body, objective reality. All right. The next tool is called I'm dizzy or I'm on crack. (laughs) whichever feels more right to you. I just want you to familiarize yourself with that feeling of your drug, of the obsessing, of checking, of losing your grounding. Just familiarize yourself with like the set of sensations, where they are in your body. You know, is it like a tightened chest? Maybe it's lower belly. Um, Maybe it's your breathing gets heightened. When you start to notice that trigger go off, and the types of patterns of thoughts that start, just be familiar with it because that's a note to you. That's a warning sign in the future. Like, up, oh, I got unplugged from this loop. I got to step back. It's starting to take over. I'm losing track with you. I'm, I'm going to an area where I cannot help myself. My goal is to step back and step out of that loop. All right. The next, next tool is just a mantra. I use this all the time. I mean, I put it in other shows. 
Stay out of other people's heads. So if you start to try and read this other person, their thoughts and their feelings, you're going to get lost in that game of organizing shiny objects. Just get out of there. Stay in objective reality and objective information that has been demonstrated to you in front of your eyeballs. Do not try and read other people's minds. That's not your property. It's not your business. It's not your jurisdiction. Stay out of there. Only base your actions and your decisions on objective, demonstrated information, things you have witnessed concretely, not words, not stories, not what you think they think or how you think they're feeling or how much they meant that it's like it, it, we know everything that needs to be done when all we do is pay attention to the objective information that we have. That is all the information we ever need in order to make decisions around what we need to do to take care of ourselves. That's, that's really the best information to have as much as we wish we could have all the, the rest of it. All right, the next tool is called practice receiving love. And this is kind of an, in the opposite direction of the other tools, but I would say for us in particular, it can be very difficult and uncomfortable to receive support and attention and gifts of love that, that is healthy, you know? It can feel like awkward, like, no, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. It can feel like exposing, it can feel like falling backwards a little bit, but it's really important to force yourself to practice receiving support. So I want you in particular to push yourself to receive help and love and attention from a resource, be that a friend, a coworker, or a stranger in a help group or even a stranger on the bus next to you, you know, we have to really push ourselves to grow this muscle and tolerate and welcome attention, you know, welcome people giving a shit about our pain and like wanting to invest time in us and take care of us and support us just for our personality type in particular, it feels very weird and foreign but we can grow that muscle. We just have to force ourselves to practice it. So really start to practice it. Um, if you have opportunities to share about yourself to somebody who is a healthy resource person, I welcome you to do that. Start that habit. Okay, the next tool, I'm going to call this a little bit of a an orientation. So I would say... When you're in a situation like this, it's really, it's part of what makes it so devastating is you don't want to accept reality, you know, because why would you? It's devastating. You don't want to feel like, wait, no, I can't not be with this person. I can't give up on this person, but I also can't be with this person who's using this drug, whatever it is. This thing is destroying this person. This thing is destroying me. It's destroying the relationship. So everything feels impossible. Like no outcome feels like it's the right outcome. And that is what makes us go in loops where we're battling with the reality of like, but no, I can't, but no, we can't, but no, this can't happen. Like there is no solve. And so you might be just trying to argue constantly with reality and resist it. And I get that. I get that that is like one of the most painful, difficult places to be. 
because there's no version of the outcome that you want. And so we kept trying to, we keep trying to force the one that we do want, but that is never going to give us the life we want that will actually make us happy. Is The forcing of it uh, or the resisting of it is never going to lead to the best outcome. The best outcome will come from us accepting and letting go of control and honoring the truth. And that truth for you is already baked. It already exists inside of you. And your job is to define it, to divine it, to welcome it to come forth from a healthy place, from a stable and supported place, and then for you to honor it. Because when we can honor it, what we want to have happen has the best chance of actually happening. And I mean, I say that from experience. When we really make the hard moves that feel impossible, that are terrifying, that are devastating in service of honoring our personal truth and what we are capable of and what we really truly are willing to endure, then our life forms into something that is better than we could ever have predicted. But we really have to go through that process and accept. So with the truth of what you personally need for your life and what you are capable of surviving, what you can handle and tolerate without destroying yourself, that truth already exists. And that truth is what it is. It's just the truth, which means it's good and it's the only option. So what we need to do, what our next steps are, what our, what our goal is, is to enable ourselves to get strong enough to honor and align our actions behind that truth. So we really need to get to that place. We need to get strong enough to get to that place of letting go, of letting go of the need to control. And, and more importantly, of believing we can control the outcome. Because we cannot create the positive outcome no matter how hard we try, no matter how much we love, no matter how unconditional our love is, no matter how much we beg, no matter how good and worth loving we are. It's not a matter of you and, and whether or not you're lovable. It's not a matter of how much you love this person. It's, there are outside forces and there's a whole other person in this equation that we cannot decide for, that we cannot control. That other person has to choose what they will choose. And that's not for us to decide for them. But what we need to do ourselves, first and foremost, is get sane, get grounded, and let go. And let go of us needing to muscle the outcome. And truly... Our greatest hope of creating a positive outcome comes from drawing boundaries, keeping ourselves healthy and strong and staying in our body and really seeing this situation for what it is. So to be clear, I'm not telling you what will happen in the future. I'm not telling you how to live your life or what to do. I'm not going to choose for you, you know, if you're going to stay in this relationship or or leave this relationship. For some people, they choose to remain with a person who is actively using. And while they do that, they maintain their health as best they can. And I know for some people, that is 
maybe their only option because of a financial situation. Um, and if that's your path, eventually you will know that you will know that because you have arrived at it by getting into your own body and finding out your truth. And if we, if we can identify that it's because we have enough resources and we have a system in place that allows us to function within that storm. So if you are in that storm, you're going to need lots and lots of tethers to the ground. They're going to need to be bolted so deep into the earth that you will not be carried away. And if you have kids, they need resources as well. For me personally, that was not the right decision. I got to a place where I was strong enough to see that I couldn't only be in a relationship um, with somebody who was not using. And that was the only way I could be healthy and myself. And if you cannot imagine that that is who you are, I would just say like, you are much stronger than you think. And a lot of what this is, is processing, um, loss, you know, and I'm, I don't want to push you somewhere you're not yet, but I would say like a lot of moving through this just process of finding your own truth is very, is often the process of mourning what you once had that is now no longer. And I'm not going to, I don't want you to go into like a sadness of like clinging. Uh, I can't let go. I can't let go. I don't, that's not, I'm not trying to invite that into your body now. Cause that's not where you are yet. So I will instead say, if there is a chance of this person changing and this person seeing the ramifications of their behaviors, what forces change is when you remove yourself from the relationship and you draw the boundary that says, I'm not going to tolerate this. I will not tolerate anything less than blank or I mean it this much. I mean it enough to walk away. And that was, you know, I made that choice when I emotionally felt like I was incapable of making it. And it took me a lot of work in therapy and basically walking despite feelings of terror and devastation and and not meaning it in the moment I was walking away, you know, but if you can obey your body in the moments you are taking actions that are, you know, are best for you, especially when you're trying to get yourself out of an unhealthy relationship, that is when you are signaling to the universe and also yourself to let the healing begin. And even when you are emotionally longing for them and you're emotionally still in love with them, you know, if you have all the information you need, it's best to start to take actions toward that outcome because otherwise you're still engaging with the crazy loop, you know? I don't mean to push you anywhere you're not yet though because if you just found this out or you're at the beginning of it, first things first, you need to get stronger. If you're not going to navigate this, you need strength. So that's what I would start with. I hope that's helpful. And I know it's really, really hard. I know this is like one of the hardest, most painful situations to be in. It's, it's so hard. I'm so sorry. I know it sucks. I'm really, really sorry. But know that there is such important growth and change that can come from this for you. There's such important growth and spiritual change that can come 
for you that will make you such a bigger person, such a stronger person. If you can know that this won't kill you, you know, you're stronger than you think you are. With that, before I close, I wanted to thank my latest sponsors, Ari, I have a new sponsor on Patreon. Thank you so very much. For anybody out there who has the means, uh, donations and sponsors really help out this show. If not, I totally understand. Um, if you are interested in becoming a Patreon, I do have more content on my Patreon page. I have one-on-ones. If you're interested in becoming a candidate for a free one-on-one, I would invite you to check out yaywithme.com. And... It's in the shop if you have to go do the checkout process and then you will be entered into the drawing. And um, if you don't have the means for donations, totally get it. If you want to share this episode with anyone you think it would help, that helps me immensely as well. And for anyone out there who is listening to this, I know I know you feel like this is your, your one, but maybe this relationship is not your life. You know, I just want you to ask yourself, like, maybe you are, maybe your life is meant to be easy. Maybe the rest of your life is meant to be light and happy. So there are other possibilities. This isn't necessarily your lot in life. So just, I want you to really consider how you want the rest of your life to look. I think a lot of us have these stories embedded into us that we can't throw someone away or we can't give up on them. We have to love them enough. And we're putting it on different terms. We're, we're making it about us. We're making it as, about, you know, someone's worth and like that, that this would be a judgment on them when in reality it's not. In reality, it's just, do I want this life or do I not? Is this a relationship that's going to make me happy or is it not? And that person may have a different future that's much better for them in store. We don't know that. We're not choosing for them to die or we're not choosing for them to be miserable. We are literally just honoring the truth of, do I want to be in this relationship? Is this what I want for my quality of life? Yes or no? Is this healthy for me? Does this make me thrive? Yes or no? It's not, you're not doing something to them, you know? So I would just say, like, if you are going to be in a relationship like this and you're going to have to worry about whether or not they're honest with you or you're, if they're going to be actively using and you're going to be continuing to be inter- interacting with that, know that the foundation of the relationship is trust. And if it's broken, You do not have anything to rely on. So it is not, in fact, an equal relationship. That is just a fact. It is instead a caregiver, broken bird with a broken wing relationship, which is keeping both people unhealthy. So in order to rebuild a healthy, equal relationship, trust must be demonstrated to you by actions that are objectively demonstrated for many, many months to come. They, they need to take concrete actions and demonstrate they are trustworthy. I remember being in that place where I was clinging to something. I was terrified of leaving it. But what you can't see from that place of fear of loss 
is that you may be forcing a sickness to continue. You know, you may be the need to control things and keep them and not let go is you deciding for sickness to continue in some ways. One of my favorite Al-Anon slogans is, if I got to decide my life, I'd always be shorthanded. That is so true. If you muscle your life and you force things, you will end up shorthanded. It will be the life you design from a place of fear, you know, from trying to hold things together, from trying to cut corners, trying to wedge things in, you know, the round peg in the square hole. However, if you can let go and honor the truth and and just have the genuine goal of witnessing the truth and accepting it, of seeing what is happening and really knowing in your bones what is out of your control, that path leads to the most effective solutions and the best next steps for both of you. And that is the path that leads to health and healing and best of all, clarity, you know, the ability to seek reality. And, and I would say that's like probably the simplest, most pure goal for you right now. It's just, I just want to get back to the ground. I just want to get back into my own body and step out of this cloud. And I will say for myself, when I accepted the truth that, you know, what this thing was, and I took actions based on, well, also with the help of my therapist and it was terrifying and devastating, but just built a life, when I built a life around my truth and the real values that I hold for myself, that's the life I have now. And it means that I don't tolerate lying and manipulation. And I honored my truth despite not feeling I was capable of walking away. And now my life reflects that. And now I don't have that problem of not being grounded, you know? So I don't want to freak you out. I know I keep pushing you to think about the future and all that stuff, but I would just say first things first and know that you are allowed to take care of yourself and you are personal sobriety comes first. So you need to get back to your sanity if you are going to be able to navigate these next few months to come. So just start there and all know that all the best change comes from when we really honor our personal truth. And when we do not get lost in the manipulation and the breaking of promises, etc. So with that, I send you my love and I'm rooting for you. And again, I'm going to put these two books that I like a lot in the show notes and I send you my love. Smile.